0: Gentlemen, welcome to the PGA Draftcast brought to you by winddailysports.com. Just a quick reminder that Wind daily sports doesn't just cover golf, they cover the NFL, the NHL, MLB, NBA, soccer, MMA, NASCAR you name the sport. Winddaily sports has projection models, optimizers, articles, and our famous Discord chat to cover it all. Now, if you click the promo link below and you type in win big or green, you will get one week free of Wind daily and then after that, it is just five dollars and 99 cents per week. For all of that, including some of our betting content. Now, let's get to the PGA Draftcast where we have proven track records with Joel, Spencer, David, and myself. Let's have some fun. Get in the chat. Make sure you subscribe to the page. And make sure you hit the like button. Let's do this snake draft. Let's do the PGA Draftcast. Let's do it right now.
1: PGA
0: Nation!
1: We are back with the Farmers Insurance Open Listen, you can't really say this is the opening tournament of the year, but like it kind of feels like the opening tournament of the year. It really feels like the first tournament, the real kind of with some real bone or meat on it. Um, I'm certainly excited, and you know I like that we're starting on Wednesday instead of Thursday. Get this done with on Saturday, change it up in the week a little bit. And as you've already seen, we have a very special guest joining us tonight. The PGA Tout, along with the normal, the regulars, seeing the jad, Spencer Aguiar, David in the background helping us out tonight as usual. John, how are you doing tonight?
2: Splendid. Thank you guys for having me. Long time viewer. I've been on here before. It's been a while. I've moved locations across the street in Jersey City to a new backdrop, so Uh, Really, you know, move to this backdrop for the purpose of looking the part in this draft cast. So excited to make my my 2023 debut tonight.
1: It's funny. I didn't think I knew what you would lead with because I was going to ask because, like, the new backdrop looks sexy. I was like, what do we do? Are we changing things up? It's a good look. I got to say,
2: not as sexy as you guys are looking in the thumbnails. So I don't know. Maybe in the background, I'll just try to do a little smolder. So if you need to screen grab it for later, we can get some sort of candid. Um, But yeah, thank you. Sexy is the buzzword this week, I think, when we can.
0: Can I just say I appreciate John, a.k.a. PGA TAT, wearing his hat, because I don't know if you all know, but he does like a lot of video content now, along with his written content, (laughs) which is amazing. And he's got like the hair gel going. He's looking like dapper. He's just looking great. And I'm happy that he didn't try to upstage us, me specifically, if we're being honest. Uh John, thank you for that. I appreciate you kind of like dressing down a little bit so that we could look a little bit better.
2: Yeah. You know, my my the videos I do now are kind of at the first thing in the morning. So I get a very wet shower look. As the day goes on, it's a lot of pulling my hair out at work and you don't need to see that. So then we put the hat on.
1: Nice. That's fair. So where you are one that uh has better results in the morning wave versus the afternoon wave. Is that would that be accurate?
2: Exactly. What a what a great segue.
1: That's, that's that's right. Before we dive into the tournament tonight, I'm going to do a quick shameless plug. Don't forget to sign up for Win Daily five ninety nine a week. I see. It, let you know in his dark blue shirt, he made a quick change to the light blue shirt to get on here. Uh, but following tonight's show, we're also doing an NFL draft cast immediately following this show. So stay tuned. Stick with us. Check out the NFL show. It's a lot of fun as well. We have a great draft in store for you tonight uh before we dive in spence how
3: you doing jack i'm doing well it's been a busy week of content like obviously moving everything up 24 hours you know i i have to write like 20 articles a week and do four podcasts and i know c has been doing a ton of stuff i've seen him all over the place and john has all his articles so uh that's the one difficult part of this week but i i think it makes it fun that we don't have to compete against the nfl and from a content creation standpoint, like there's a lot of good that comes out of this and decisions have to get made quicker. And I think people that are able to do their due diligence and put the research in are going to have the answers for this. So it's a fun tournament. Uh, You know, obviously the top end of this field is really strong. It drops off kind of uh, precipitously after that, but you know, that's kind of what I think you're going to get this season in general with the elevated
1: events. And, you know, it's, I mean, we, we haven't talked about it much, but the fact that, you know, 5-10% 5-10% of the top players are at Live now. There's just different fields. I think we're going to have to adjust with these fields looking like that moving forward. Um, I do want to just comment on Ivan talking about the beautiful Giants hat you have in the background.
0: I believe I read that right. Beautiful. Yeah. So nice hat, John. Greatly done. See, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I, I'm, I'm excited to have John on the show. I'm excited that the Georgetown Hoyas have just now, it looks like they're going to snap their 29-game losing streak in the Big East. This is like a storied franchise, and they're about to beat DePaul on FS1. So I've got that on in the background. Happy to see that. Uh, but listen, I'm always excited to have a guest like PGA Tao. And by the way, you're not getting away with not getting some random questions throughout this uh, show, just like last time thrown your way. So um, I will say this. Get into our Discord um, Tonight, you know, we always drop our our outright picks, but just a lot of our other picks in our Discord chat. So make sure you do that. We've been really kind of on fire. David Bileski, who everybody knows at this point, is incredibly sharp and and has us up over 100 percent. ROI. He, we had big on Montgomery and Jason Day last week. It's been really, really impressive. So that, that sharpness isn't really coming from me. I'm just the guy that's telling you the story here. But uh, in, in our Discord, there's a lot going on across all the chats, but the golf one in particular. So get in there. But I'm ready for a course breakdown. Let's get this thing started.
1: Spence, hit us with it. What are you looking at the courses, uh, The courses, plural, this week? Can I do this a little bit differently this week? What if we said no? Like, no.
3: <laughs> sorry. And then I i guess I would just give a course breakdown in that <laughs> capacity. But I wanted to get your guys's opinion on this because I've seen this in the space. Um, you, you take somebody like Brian Kirschner. I saw him post the thing. He had over 500 votes on it. Do I, I guess we'll go one by one here? Obviously, there's going to be wind on Thursday, and with the split course rotational aspect of this tournament which split do you think is better between the South and the North and the North and the South? Because I've heard this explained by people in every different way. I have an opinion on it myself, Uh, but I guess I'll start with you, Joel. What is your opinion on that?
1: Um, I'm going to minimize that as much as possible from the standpoint of um, one, it's only, you know, the meat and bones of the tournament are all going to be played on the main course to begin with. So it is a one day split, really, because of until the cut. Um, is there an effect? Probably, but I think it's going to be a small effect considering you got to score for four days. John, what about you?
2: I would say, in general, I would prefer easier conditions on the easy course when you only get one round on the easy course because we've seen, I would say, three of the last four winners, I feel like picked up like 75% of their strokes uh, under par on the North course itself. Like, I think, I think when Jason day won here, um, he shot like eight under the first day and then he shot like two under the next three days, but it was enough because he made up so much ground on the North. Um, but from what I've heard too, it seems like they're growing out the rough a little bit more on the North this year. It's playing a little bit more difficult than it usually has, which I think is great. I don't think there should be that big of a discrepancy between the two courses, even though one's like 500 yards shorter. Um, so in the end, I'm not really, it's not really factoring into my player pool. Wind is tough. We can expect wind to go a certain way today. And then, you know, at the flip of the hat, it's, it's not the way that we thought it was, especially when it's coastal, um, whatever the forecast of wind is tends to just, you know, not be as accurate, I, I've kind of found. But uh, to answer that question, I would say in general, I would prefer to have the easier conditions when you're playing the easy course
3: this is a completely different scenario because it actually got halted because of weather but if you look at the players championship from last year it's like the same mentality of what you just said there everybody anticipated it being one wave that was going to get the advantage all of a sudden play halts and then you reverse it that's not going to happen this week but i kind of generally agree just to quickly give my stance before i go to see it here i think if you're over analyzing that information you're probably doing it wrong on the flip side of that, I would probably take the opposite route um, and say I would rather have the North Course on Thursday in in the windy conditions. But I think that kind of goes to show that there's a lot of different ways to play it, and maybe it comes down to ownership at the end of the day if you can get. Everybody going one way or the other, you might be able to create leverage in one of those spots. But,
0: uh, see, i I'll go to you really quickly. What do you think? Yeah, I know David's been really vocal in our Wind Daily Sports uh, Discord chat about, you know, w- which wave to stack. And he has a comment in here. All your scoring needs to happen on the north course, which he's he's just ratifying what John just said. But the risk is you can shoot a 78 on the south course really easily. So, listen, you can, I think you can make an argument on both sides. I know Wind Daily, at least as far as our discord is concerned and and, and David kind of leading the way there. We kind of have a certain stance and it's really up to you whether you want to take that stance or not or go contrarian, go the other way or just ignore it altogether. But we're just trying to give you the information. My answer is kind of like a blend of all of yours, because I don't think personally, I don't think there's an answer. I like to default to David when it comes to weather because he's kind of been our weather guru over the last 12 months. In this case, I don't exactly know what I'm going to do, but it is worth noting that if it's really bad conditions and it's a much harder course, To David's point, yeah, it could get really brutal out there. But again, I think the reverse can be true as well. I think
3: John kind of said that best too in this scenario. Like, there's just so many question marks about what is going to actually happen and Mm -hmm. who gets the advantage that you can quickly wipe yourself out of this tournament if you take some, you know, bold stance in one direction when you really don't know from a statistical perspective that that's the case and that's what's going to happen. Like, I, look, we all have opinions of what we believe is the best case scenario that's going to take place. Uh, but that doesn't mean that any of us are right. Like if you can't quantify it from a statistical perspective, it's, you're kind of just playing a guessing game. And I don't want to play a guessing game when I remove half the field.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it.
3: So I I mean, I that's, I mean, I guess that's essentially my course breakdown for this week. I, I feel like we know these courses. Like there's not that much to say, like, The North is going to be shorter than the South. John said that scoring is going to be easier on that course. I think par five scoring in general is going to be vital. You look at total driving of the ball. It's going to be thicker rough. It has rained there a little bit over the past couple months. So you might get more receptive green complexes than you normally do. But I'm not necessarily like viewing it in that capacity. I still think you're going to get fast surfaces and the rain with the rough is going to make it more lush. So you have to find fairways. You're going to have to have a really good around the green game um putting probably gets somewhat mitigated like for good putters and I only say that because when you look at birdie fest like John Rom calls the tournament that he won last week a birding birdie contest a putting contest with it and I think part of the problem with that looking at that is, is when you have 26 underscores you have to make putts to win the event when you look at 10 under tournaments you can get guys like Hideki Matsuyama that can ball strike this tournament and win it. You can have a guy like Luke Liss who overpowers it with his distance. And we know he's not a very good putter and can win it. So I just think there's a lot of different routes that you can go for this event. And, and I guess that kind of just goes back to the original answer that I just said. I wouldn't get stuck in any like predetermined mentality that you can't get yourself out of. Like there are multiple routes here. Colin Morikawa or whoever you want to say could come out to this course and use his proximity to an advantage, even though he's shorter off the tee. Like, I don't think distance is the only prerequisite to find success.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and I, I, the emphasis on the, around the green game makes a ton of sense. John, before we bring the board up um, a couple, like if you were building a model, maybe the three most primary things that, that you were looking at, is it around the green driving distance in something else, or did you take a different route?
2: Um, yeah. Driving distance around the green. Although I would say driving distance is really something I just want to see above average. So if you're Mm -hmm. elite in it, it's, it's hard to model that way. Um, I do a lot with court like comp courses and comp conditions in like a mixed condition model. So I really like like major performance because I feel like how you performed in a U.S. open, a PGA championship on a longer track with tough, rough and tough conditions is a little bit more telling of how you're going to do here versus some recent form and some birdie fest on the fall swing. Um, So I put a lot of emphasis on comp course, comp, comp conditions, and then driving distance and short game.
0: All right. I love it. Um, I think we're ready, Joel. What do you think?
1: There you have it. Let's pull this draft up and get it moving to nobody's surprise. I won again last week. <laughs> I will be drafting first. And then we're going to let PGI Calco second, Spence third, Spencer and the audience, I mean, Sia and the audience will be going fourth. For those of you who are new tonight, uh, this works like your traditional snake draft. It will go one through four, then four through one. You draft six players, and you draft a real DraftKings lineup. So what that means is you can't just draft the six highest-priced players because you won't be able to afford them. So you have to draft taking salary into account and making sure you do stay within the salary cap. So with that being said, I will pull the draft board up now. Um, and it's not going to take me very long as I'm on the clock to make my first pick, because I'm going to stick with the formula that's been working. Uh, the price went up a little bit, but this is the best golfer in the world. This is a guy who has a great course history here. Well, all things considered. The only thing not to like about John Rom this week is, well, okay. Well, there's two things I like about John Rom this week is absurd ownership because it's absurd. And if I'm being honest, Michael Less heavy on him in big tournaments, and I will hear with you guys. Um, and the second re- thing that maybe you would be hesitant about is the fact that he just won, and does that maybe scare you off at, like, how many can he win in a row, which is something we've said on this show before, uh, and that was something I honestly would take more into consideration with lower-tiered golfers, right? Like, it's unlikely that Luke List is going to win two tournaments in a row, but John Rahm, who we've seen go on tears as the best golfer in the world is the best golfer in the world um, in a field that, you know, he's just the best player in. I do think he can repeat here again. So I'm, I'm going
0: to confidently go ahead and take Rob first. So this is interesting because of his ownership. I, like I, just a real quick DFS question. You guys can keep it short or long if you want, because I want to get the draft kind of moving. So we get some picks behind us, but Spencer and John, I'm going to ask you the same question. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but contextually knowing ownership and and things of that nature fade or no fade on John Ron Spencer. It's so weird to
3: say fade on it. And I go fade every single week and I get burned every single time I do it. I guess I'm going to say fade. Like I see 40% ownership. I think that there's realistic win equity on players next to him. Like, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like if you want to compare him to, I don't care who in that range. Like I don't want to just start naming players and, and going down that route with it. But it's like, I'll just pick one. Is he really that much more likely to win this golf tournament than Tony Finau? I don't know if the answer to that is necessarily yes. And we saw Morikawa go head to head with him at the century tournament of champions. And Morikawa probably should have won that event. I know that the course history looks great. I don't think Ram's going to burn anybody. He's probably going to come inside the top 10, but I guess in Joel's like, outcome of making that pick. He probably should be more expensive than 11,600. He probably should have pushed closer to $12,000. Like Mm -hmm. if you would have made him 12.1, I would have been okay with that. So I think you're getting a a discount in price and it makes it realistic that you can make builds around him. But part of my problem with ROM isn't even necessarily ROM. And I I know I'm giving way too long of an answer here with it, but um, the problem comes down into like the $6,000 section there's not a lot of players I like, and I don't know how Joel's going to wrap this up. And maybe he gets stuck in this $7,000 range where he constructs this perfectly, but I do have problems dropping down into that six K range. And if you're telling me that it's a volatile tournament, kind of to begin with, with some of these harder conditions, uh, I don't know how many of those golfers that I want from down beneath.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Tout.
2: Yeah, I, I would say that that would be my answer to the decision of whether you want to play a lot of ROM or play ROM at all is a decision of how comfortable you are in the 6K, low 7K range. There's a couple guys I'm okay with. You're not going to feel super comfortable with with anyone down there. Um, but if it's a basic formula of distance and and some some short game upside uh, and everybody's going to miss these greens anyway, I feel like that's a skill set you can find in the 6k range, but just not feel super confident about it. So maybe if you play Rom, you play a wider pool of 6k guys and kind of just hedge your bets that way. Um, but I I want, I want to play Rom too. I was hoping that you would not drop him, uh, especially in a field of four people. I would definitely play Rom. So,
0: yeah, well, that's for sure. In a field of four, it certainly makes sense. Um, I like the contrarian play though, or I mean, I guess it is going to be contrarian um, fading Rom. I think I'm going to, I don't, I don't play that many tournament lineups, but to the, ex, like, maybe there'll be five or six different variations. I may just decide to fade Rom this week and know that if he, if he, I know it sounds crazy, but if, if he just has a very average to below average tournament, then I'm, you know, ahead of 40% of the field or whatever it ends up being. I, I
3: think if you're building minimal lineups, I would probably full fade him. I think if you're mass entering, I, I think you can play more defense and I mean, yeah. def- is a weird word to say because I don't know exactly where you get defensive with it. Like if he's 40%, it is defensive playing him 20, 25%. Like, is that even worth doing it at that point? Like, I don't know what that answer is, Mm -hmm. but I think if you're playing just a couple lineups, I kind of lean towards a full fade and, and just going
1: that route. I'll I'll add just one thing. And then I probably will move on from this pick. The one thing I'll add is tournament selection for these decisions is key. I think if you're going after the big GPP with as many people as possible, it makes a lot more sense to get away from the 40% ROM. If it's a smaller tournament with hundreds of people, I think it's okay to eat that chalk and, and just find some guys elsewhere where you differentiate yourself.
3: He's perfect yeah. in like a single entry 200 man contest where even if he's like 65% owned, like that's fine. You can
0: differentiate in other spots. Right. So. All right. PGA tout. It is on you. Your for your first pick for the farmers.
2: Okay, I will I will start my team with Max Homa. Um, also fairly chalky, a, a little bit of a misprice in my opinion, $9,100. Um, and the guys around him I don't think are going to be as popular. So I do see a lot of ownership going that way. But he's just automatic in California. The, the stat I came across I thought was ridiculous is in his last 12 POA California events, he's finished top 20 in 11 of them, and he's won three of them um so he's from california he loves poa greens he rates out really well putting on poa poa is one of those surfaces where you either get it or you don't um he definitely gets it and he has the distance to contend here performs well on all the comms besides majors which i guess that's fine in this sense because we're playing the farmers and not the u.s open um so he just rates out really well for me and and it's not a, a high price so i know it's a little chalky but i feel like it's a safe start to your lineup
0: i totally agree with that I, I like homa and even though he is chalky the discount is, is really really nice there any strong opinion spencer or joel before we move to spencer's pick on max Homa? Any i, I like Homa. yeah fair enough i mean the parade is a misprice in my opinion i, I yeah. mean he should be he could be 9500 9600 and we'd look at him the same exact way most likely uh spencer your first pick for the farmers
3: all right, I'm going to go a little bit different than I think everybody thinks I'm going to go. Or maybe, I mean, if you've read my content, you might know which route I'm going here. But I'm going to take Sungjae M at 9,300. And uh, there's a couple reasons behind this. And, and it really comes down to, like, as I do every single week, I reweigh all the specific factors that I'm looking for. So for me this week, weighted T to green is very important. And what my weighted T to green number looked at is it looked at off the tee, it looks at approach, it looks at around the green, but it doesn't do it in the standard sense of just like throwing in the strokes gain aspect of it. The, uh, the off the tee portion looked at total driving. So that was a 60-40 split of distance over accuracy there. The weighted proximity for approach is all the stats that we've seen historically. And then I had an extra like five or 6% weight over what I normally do on around the green just because it's such an important stat sung graded number one in the field for me when i ran it in that capacity like we have rom in this tournament we have some really big hitters so for sung to pop to the top here i think he has realistic win equity in this tournament and i know like we always think of sung and we want to play him on bermuda but he's been really good on quicker surfaces like you don't have to look any further than the masters or a tournament like that where around the green and speed of these greens and three putt percentage of avoiding those come into play, So I like Sungjae this weekend and I know I see like about 16 and percent right now. And I don't know exactly how to get onto him. I think maybe the best way to do it, like from an outright perspective would be to wait until after Wednesday's round is over. And then you could bet him going to the easier course uh, after day one. And and hopefully we get better than a 20 to one number there, but I think Sungjae could win this tournament.
0: I love the idea of, of how you just suggested to bet Sung J M for sure. You know, wait for him to play the harder course first. The odds probably get a little bit longer because that's just how it's going to be with the, with the scoring conditions. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Sungjae in, in this tournament as well. And by the way, you know what else I'm a fan of, everybody? The audience has already picked not one, but both of our golfers. And it's a really hot start. It, we got some scores out here. I know this isn't a scoring course, but Tony Finau and Will Zalatoris are going to be on Team Audience. It's a little pricey, but you know we didn't we don't have RAM in there, so we're saving about twelve hundred or I should say eleven hundred on that. Um, pretty good start, right, John? What do you think?
2: Yeah, love them both. Um, I love Tony Finau this week. He's he he was the shortest player that I bet. On the board this week, if I had my pick of one non-John Rom player to win, I I would pick Tony. So I love that. And Zalatoris seems like in his first two events, he's getting better round over round, uh, which is what you want to see from a guy returning from injury uh, and obviously major conditions. So two guys that fit the course really well.
0: Yeah, any, Joel, any comments on either of these guys? I'll tell you, Tony Finau's making it into a lot of my lineups. Will Zalatoris, not so much. And that's not really a knock on Will Zalatoris. There's just other guys I've ended up putting into the lineup, usually a little bit lesser priced than Will Zalatoris with that Tony Finau combo. Are you playing well this week?
1: I think this is a great way to start your lineup, especially for what you referenced. I, if you're going to not play Rom and you get two guys who have pretty high win equity to start mm-hmm. the day already, if they can
0: get both in the top five there. I think it's a good start. Yeah. hundred percent. All right, Spencer, hopefully we stole one of your guys, uh, but you're not like squirming in your seat. So maybe you're free and clear. Who's your second pick?
3: I'm happy that, and, and I would have been fine with either one of the two selections. I'm happy that the audience took Tony Finau because it came down to Tony Finau or Xander Shoffley for me. And it was one of those things when I took Sungjae, I would just let the audience make the decision for me on it. So I'm going to take Xander at 10,300. He ranks second in my model in that weighted T-degree number that I just talked about. He's first in approach over his last 24 rounds. He's first on long, difficult courses. He is first on par for average between 450 to 500 yards. He's first in the weighted scoring. He's first in weighted scrambling. He's first overall for me when I ran this tournament from an upside perspective. So it's kind of a very similar mentality that I just gave when I talked about, you know, i guess sung jim a second ago it's like he can win this event and i think you're getting him at an ownership percentage like yeah he is 21 percent right now but i'm okay with that if 40 percent of people are going to rom give me that collective ownership between sung Jay and Xander, and like i'm perfectly fine and i'm probably still going to get a rebate at the end of the day on that ownership
0: i like it i, I like the pick there for sure um PGA Tout, it's on you. Who's your second pick? And do you have any comments about Xander? Is, is he making it into your pool? I mean, we can't take everybody, right? So is Xander sort of at the top of your list or is he more in the middle and therefore out?
2: Yeah, Xander and Zalatoris too, guys. I think I'm, I'm in more wait and see mode just to get a little more reps, see them look a little healthy. He definitely looked healthy Sunday at the MX. Xander, Xander did have the albatross. I think the albatross itself kind of inflated the price a little bit this week had he mm-hmm. not had that albatross and go on that super hot back nine uh, we're probably looking at a slightly cheaper version of Xander and a little more questions about the, the health. But if the health is there, obviously, home game, San Diego, great fit. He was number one of my model this week, so can't knock the play. Um, for my next pick, I'm going Justin Thomas. And I'm really surprised by the price, but I, I think I'm more surprised that the, the projected ownership is not higher for this price. This is a guy that I, when I was trying to like project odds for this week, I had him as the second favorite. Um, and I know he's coming off of a wedding, um, so maybe that's factored in. I don't know. I have to assume it kind of is factored in because mm-hmm. um, otherwise it doesn't really make sense why Justin Thomas is this cheap and, and nobody's playing him. Um, but somebody who kind of like a Tony Fee now, where, where he's the ball striking has always been there and traveled to difficult conditions, but it's always been a question mark of the putter and at Torrey and at the uh, POA courses in general, Justin Thomas is actually very good. Um putting on Poa. And I think he's starting to get some some slight improvements putting since he's gotten bones on the bag too. So um I think it's a it's a good fit for Thomas. He, just on the, the talent alone for the price uh and the projected ownership. I think it's it's a good compliment and somebody that I'll be pretty high on in, in DFS this week.
0: Spencer, let me ask you real quick from an ownership standpoint, because um Sicily Kid, Stephen Pilardi for Wind Daily Sports, he's already Published the ownership article, but I know some ownership can can you know be different across industries and across sites. Uh, what are you looking at with Justin Thomas?
3: I see him at eighteen point eight percent, the yeah. seventh highest owned player on the board. And um, the one thing I kind of will double down to what John just said about Thomas is, to me, he's a little boomer bust. But I think for a GPP, that is a good thing. Like I'd rather shoot for that upside with him. He's another one of those golfers. If he, if you told me he won this tournament, I wouldn't be shocked. Like there's just the two picks I have Thomas. I mean, there's a couple other in this field. They just jump so high when I run this thing, trying to shoot for the moon on the outcome that you can get And uh, Thomas's short game is so elite and the distance mm-hmm. that he adds off the tee. And if the putter can just be good, he can really find success at this event.
0: Yeah, and as bad as the recent form has been, I'm willing to overlook recent form, particularly when it comes to superstars like Justin Thomas. So I'm I'm fine with this play. And Spencer, I know you look at long more long term uh, form than maybe me or 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 Joel do. So obviously I I can understand why you'd like JT here. I think what John has done here is he's taken the two mispriced guys, 9K and above. I mean that that's what he's done. There, there's nobody more mispriced than I don't care about recent form than Justin Thomas or Max Homa. And so the value on John's team. Is, uh, is pretty tremendous. So Joel, it is on you. You've got two picks and I'm sure you've had time to contemplate it, but I'm going to, ask, while you contemplate these two picks, I'm going to just gonna ask John two or three rapid fire questions. We'll probably do this one or two times, maybe two or three times throughout the show. Rapid fire. So first thing that comes to mind, the first one's kind of like out there. You ready? Hit me. Hit me, he says. The name of your high school crush?
2: Uh, my fiance, Laura.
0: Is that true? That's an actual fact?
2: That is, that is a fact. We started, we met each other in high school and started dating in college and have been together ever since.
0: And when are you getting married? And has our invite already been sent out? Or is it like electronic? Like, how's that going to work?
2: Yeah, getting married this October. There are save the dates on the table right next to me. We just received them. So they're going out. That's why you haven't gotten them yet. Um, yeah, don't it. Don't worry about the whole address thing. I'll figure it out telepathically and, and you'll probably you'll see it soon.
0: Okay, so uh, really two quick questions before we go to Joel's pick. Movie you've seen way too many times.
2: Um, the Other Guys, and I will never stop watching it.
0: All right, at some point I'm going to ask you, you guys, uh, the, the Spencer and Joel, uh, your uh, answer to that. Maybe not on this show, but I think that's a really good question. Mine is A Few Good Men, White Men Can't Jump, and Accept It. I'm just a sucker for Justin Long. I don't, it's, it's, uh, I don't know what to tell you about it. Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, which is better?
2: Breaking bad. Better Call Saul is, call, call is a little too slow for me. Breaking bad, bad, perfect.
0: Good answer. Joel, you got back-to-back picks. Let's go.
2: All right. So I, I will say
1: I was planning to take Justin Thomas here. Um, I like that pick. So I, I support you there. I think the price and ownership there for him this week, even though his four may not be peak, um, I think I agree with Cia's take. It's like guys who are that good, they're going to come back around. So I don't get too down on the form. So i pivoted. It actually makes sense for me because now I can be even more balanced with this Rom lineup. Um, And the way I'm going to start here is I'm going to go with Detri and Taryn. So we're going to go overseas. We're going to find some power, and we're going to go super cheap. I think both of these guys can have top 20 potential, maybe top 15 even. And basically my my idea here is I really need Rom to bring it for me and get me a win, and if he does, with the winner – If I can get the rest of my guys in the top 15 and 10, like just in that range, that should be enough of a combination. And I think these guys have that upside. They're good course fits from a, from a outcome to dollar perspective. I think they're both a little bit underpriced. So I love the value I'm getting here as well.
0: Yeah, I'm playing both of those guys in, in DraftKings. And for the record, I was on a show, a new show that I'm a part of uh, early edge PGA show. And one of my four top twenties was Thomas Dietrich who, by the way, has been top 20 in three of the last five uh, PGA tournaments he's played. Uh, It was plus 360. I thought it was a good enough number. I I like the upside with uh, Thomas Ducey, I like Callum Taron as well. Uh, Spencer, are you on either of these two guys? My model really likes Dietrich this week. The only concern I
3: had is I saw him going in the opposite direction in every single matchup out there in the space at some of the sharper Mm -hmm. books. Um, I can't give you a reason for why that would be the case. I mean, he's inside the top 15 on my model I tend to think that he is actually a very good golfer and I I think we're going to see that come to fruition over the course of the season with him playing on the PGA tour. But I mean, it's at least noteworthy enough to mention that there, there, there's some reason out there for why sharp money is going the other way. I just don't have the answer for that because I would more so agree with Joel's stance on this, that he is a very
0: good play this week. All right. And Tout, before we get to your pick, uh, a question from Ed here. Hi, David, not to be that guy. He wants to ask about the DPR, DP World Tour article. As everybody knows who is at Wind Sports, we don't only do the PGA Tour, we do the DP World Tour as well. And that's really thanks to David Bileski, who was just red hot on both tours. So uh, that info, I, I think he's working on that article right now, Ed, to be honest with you, but it's going to be uh, released tonight I believe and and we'll follow up on in Discord for that. So we're going to have he's going to have DP World Tour picks and he's going to have picks for the Farmers as well. All right, Tao, it's on you.
2: All right, I think I'll start to get contrarian in the second half of the draft, but I want to get my guys. I want to start with a foundation of my guys who so are apparently everybody's guys, but that's okay. Uh I'm taking Kurt Kitayama here. I think on the PGA Tour we know who the short course specialists are. Kitty Yama is becoming a long course specialist. Every time he goes to somewhere that's over 7,400 yards, he's thriving anywhere that he can just keep hitting the driver. Doesn't have to worry about laying up, hitting at the same distance as everybody else on the, on the in the field. That's when Kitty Yama is at his best. That's where he's racking up all his top three finishes last year. The Mexico Open, he was a runner up. Scottish Open, he was a runner up. Uh, Honda Classic, top three, BMW Championship. That's a driver-heavy course uh, with with Elevator. Actually, not a bad um, comp Wilmington to hear. Um, he was top 25 there, too. So now he's a top 50 player in the world. He's 7,600. The The history isn't much at Tory, but he's in better form now than he, he ever has been before. Bomber, good long iron approach, great scrambler. Just a, the type of player that should do well at Tory.
0: And Spencer, before we get to your pick, Joel, I want to ask you about Kitayama because he like really fits your mold. I feel like you've picked him before perhaps. Is he somebody that's in your pool? Yeah, and
1: I especially like Kiriyama as like a first-round leader. I think he's someone who I'll play in showdown for sure this week. He could definitely pop on a single day. Um, But, yes, he he will also be in my pool. I think he's a good course fit. Um, My only thing I don't love about Kiriyama this week is that for someone who's 7,600 and his upside – I am seeing him at pretty high ownership.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. And and Tout did say he was going to try to get different later on in the, uh, in the draft. Not that you have to, John, no, no peer pressure on our part. Um, (laughs) Seriously. Uh, Spencer, it's on you. You got a nice start here with Sung J.M. and Xander Schauffele. Who's next? You know what would make this a nicer start? Oh, here we go. It's about time. Jesus. I wasn't planning
3: on doing this. I I hate coming on every single show and picking Jason day, but (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's reached the point where there's only so many times that you can put the bowl of candy out in front of me before i want to reach it and just grab all the candy here i'm going to take jason day at eight thousand eight hundred dollars the form looks like it's turning around the course history here is really good i mean obviously at 20 21 there's always concerns of the random day ailment that pops up or you know him burning a lineup to the ground but Look, I mean, he's sixth in my model from an overall rank sense. I can't tell you the last time he was in the side, the top 10 for me. I, it's just too tantalizing to ignore that this many times.
0: I like it. So did you mention his ownership? Was it around 20%? Is that what you just yeah, said?
3: Yeah, it's
0: 20.76%, which makes him the sixth person in my model. Okay. Well, I need to catch up on the chat. So Hayden Buckley is one of our two nominations for sure. Hayden Buckley has been nominated by Courtney. Courtney, welcome back to the show. We, we've missed you. Um, Stephen Polardi has also uh, mentioned Buckley. And Pat Waters, who we haven't seen on the show in quite some time, has also nominated Buckley. We've got a lot of other names in here. So we, oh, well, Brent nominated two people. So we are going to go with uh, Robbie Shelton. Bobby Shells, as Brent puts it. Uh, and Courtney have nominated uh, Robbie Shelton. So this is interesting. I like Hayden Buckley a lot. And I didn't like Robbie Shelton at the beginning of the week. And now I've kind of come around, and I don't think that's really a groupthink thing. I, I think it's just I didn't really pay enough attention to what Robbie Shelton was doing. I actually have a matchup where I'm 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 not regretting it, but I'm I'm starting to be a little more squeamish on it. Where I have Wyndham Clark minus 130 over uh, Robbie Shelton. I you know we don't have to table talk the Wyndham Clark thing, but John, I want to kick this to you. Um, is Robbie Shelton somebody that's on your radar this week?
2: Uh, yeah, I I think. Um... He he could be one of the the breakout guys this year because he's he's had a, a nice baseline to start twenty twenty three. I've been kind of waiting for him to come back down to earth and he isn't doing that. So, uh, good all around player seventy two hundred for the form, I think is is a pretty good discount.
0: Okay, um, and we might have a Siwu gate here. Did Siwu get nominated? So Buckley got nominated. Oh, only once. So he's right. Okay. So somebody piped in and said it's Siwoo and Shelton. Zach Jeffers. I think Zach is right. I think it's Siwoo Kim and Robbie Shelton as opposed to Hayden Buckley. Yeah, I'll have to go back and double check that. But I think <laughs> WooGate says David. Um, all right. So that that's really our, our team here. Um, Spencer, I'm going to kick it to you before you make your pick. Uh, Siwoo Kim, on your radar or not this week?
3: Yeah, I, I probably like the two selections better. Like I'm not necessarily on Buckley this week. Um, yeah. I understand the reason behind it, but I mean, other than that, the audience is now in the $6,000 range and it's going to be more challenging to make a decision. Like I have nothing against any
0: pick that they've made so far. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So Spencer, it's on you. You got your guy, Jason Day. You got Sung Jay and Xander. Who's next? I feel like I can just stop drafting, right? Like those three probably outscore everybody. Probably.
3: Yeah. I mean, so let's just do it for fun. I'll, yeah, I'll just add this for fun at this point. I will take Martin Laird at 7,100. There's a couple things I really like about Laird. Uh, The one beyond anything else is when you look at some of his putting splits on fast POA surfaces. So my baseline for him, which would be my two-year baseline is 114th in strokes game putting. He jumps all the way to 31st in strokes game putting on fast to lightning POA greens. Um, I mean, pretty much no matter how I run this outside of weighted scoring, which there's a problem there. He's inside the top 50 for me in most categories. So I'm going to trust my model in this situation for a guy that ranks 24th overall 19th for upside. I bet him to come top 40 at three to one. I think there's a lot of routes to go with Laird this week that I, I believe he's a slightly under owned in the market. Then the way to proximity is 30th overall. So if all of that can come into play at like 2.22%, I think there's some upside here to be had.
0: Yeah. And I don't expect that number to go up. And, and part of the reason is, you know, he's certainly not a bomber by any means. And he's not, a, he's not a guy that's ever chalky in the first place. So if you're playing down the narrative of driving distance, I mean, certainly Martin Laird at least makes it into the conversation at a 2%. Seems like the right leverage. Uh, Joel, any thoughts on Martin Laird? Did he, I mean, th- this is this is kind of one of those questions where I think the answer is, well, I you know, I probably wasn't considering Martin Laird, but that's why he's 2%, right? Any thoughts on Martin Laird?
1: I mean, generally, I, I don't like Martin Laird. He's not typically someone I like to play. Uh, but I do think, you know, this week with a challenging 6K range and someone as a place to look to get cheap, I think he's a viable option, but um, probably someone that won't make my play.
0: He's Fair probably enough.
3: more boom or bust than I would care to admit, but at
0: 2%, like I'm fine taking that risk. 100%. I get that. All right, Tout, it's on you. What you got?
2: Um, yeah, I think all the topic of of the 6K range, I'll, I'll be the first to dip in here. I think there's only two guys in the 6Ks that I'm going to play. Um, the, the first is and who I'm going to select here is my boy MJD, a.k.a. the Jaguar a.k.a. M.J. Duffy, which I think is how you pronounce it, but that's an issue that I'm now realizing out of the written medium that I actually have to say (laughs) the names. Um, And I don't know if that's correct or not, but I like him on paper. I like his statistical – oh, correct pronunciation. Excellent. Thank you, Chad. Um, So here's what I like about him. He's a bomber. Um, His poor results are on the shorter courses where it's similar to Kitayama. He can't just pull that driver, which is his weapon – uh, but on courses where he can let it out, he's been okay. He came on the scene at the U.S. Open at the Country Club. He was, I believe, the 36-hole leader of that event. Hit it into the grandstands. Hit a sick uh, hybrid out of like the the stanchion. Um, earned a lot of respect for me after pulling off that shot. Um, and he finished, you know, top 30 in a major. This is major condition, so I like that upside from a 6,700 guy and he has two top 20 finishes um, over on the DP world tour over his last four starts. So he comes in with a little bit of form. um, And you know, if you're just trying to trying to find the upside, I think I feel like he has it.
0: Um, This is just too priceless not to point out. So David Bileski says it's pronounced Duffy, just like John said, not Dufu. Although I pity Dufos, which of course is a Mr. T reference from the 80s and from the show the A team, where else are you going to get that type of content folks? nowhere is the answer. All right Joel, we need two picks from you um, I I personally like the MJ call uh, I, so I, I don't have any particular issue with it. I'm sure Spencer and Joel any particular thoughts on MJ Duffy before we get to uh, Joel's picks Spencer. I'll just I'll just very quickly give an answer. I think
3: Duffy fits that criteria that we're talking about in the $6,000 range where he has some elite skill sets to him. He has some distance. He's a good par five score. If we're talking about $6,000 golfers, like at least find me one stat that they're elite in that mm-hmm. works for that course. And I think Duffy has a couple stats that work. And and kind of as John alluded to, he does have success at more difficult uh, major championship type venues. So, look, he's 1% owned or less than that, depending on exactly what site you're looking at. That's never a bad thing to take upside on a player at sub 1%. And that's it's a really nice way to differentiate the lineup that John
0: has going right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Joel, what do we got? Two picks in a row.
1: All right. I am ready to rock here. So things have changed. This wasn't the route I was planning to go. Some of the guys I wanted were taken. I've rerouted, but I'm happy where this turned out. With my first pick here, I'm gonna go ahead and take. Um, oh, am I gonna change my mind here? I'm gonna take Will Gordon. Um, you know, he's playing really well. You know, I think again, this is another guy where I'm, when I'm building out this ROM lineup, um, I need to find ways to kind of balance out the rest of this so I can get up – I I can't get three six K guys, in my opinion, because I don't think that lineup will work. So I do think Will Gordon can get me that top twenty upside. He has a T21 here before. He's made the cut, the cut the cut twice. He's got great distance. So there's a lot of things about Will Gordon that, that look really good. And he also has a top five and top 20 in November. So we'll start there. And then I'm going to go ahead and pair him with Taylor Montgomery. Um, this guy, he's just been playing great. I do think Montgomery's a little bit overpriced. Uh, but based on how I'm building my lineup, I can make it work. Um, and I do think he has a lot of top 10 upside to pair him with Rob. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with him there. The yeah, last, time, him. last time he played here, he got, what was it tied for 11th? Was his last time. So.
0: Yeah. If, if we're, if I'm a little bit overweight in course history, he's, he's getting me there too. Spencer, before we get to top pick, I want to ask you about Will Gordon. Cause I I've been going back and forth on him. I, you, you guys know, I've been, been a big Will Gordon guy over the last few months I love the distance. You know, when I looked at some of the proximities, like the long irons, it, it, it wasn't great. And I'm just kind of curious, it, how did that grade out with you, Spencer? Were, were you did, Because usually with, with the driving distance, you're going to get pretty good long iron play. But I saw kind of like a, a contrast there. What did you see?
3: Yeah. So when I ran this for weighted proximity, which is taking every single shot, he was 85th overall. And really the core reason behind that came if we look from 150 yards and up. So he's 62nd from 150 to 175. He's 98th from 175 to 200, and he's 111th from 200 plus. With all of that being said, I kind of still like the Will Gordon play this week. Mm -hmm. I I think there's enough intangibles. We look at the total driving. You look at some of the bogey avoidance numbers, the weighted scoring. Like There's enough of a reason for me to think that there's potential to be had here. I don't necessarily love the 10% ownership. Like, that would maybe be the one downside. Like, I'm not a person that loves getting into the 10% plays in the $7,000 range. But he's 20th overall for me, which is a noteworthy number when I ran a lot of weighted proximity in my weighted T to green stats. And it didn't plummet him completely off the board. Like, just very quickly, my baseline number for him for strokes getting T to green is 17th overall. When I ran it for the weighted aspect, he dropped to 50th. So, yeah, there's a decline there. But it's not so much so to where I, I think that there's like red flags galore to be found.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, John, it's on you. But before you give us your fifth and second to last pick, three really quick rapid fire questions. You're starting an NFL franchise, Mahomes or Burrow? It's a hot topic right now.
2: Uh, I, it, Mahol, Mahomes is the, is the right answer, I think.
0: Don't you tell us what we are asking the questions. You <laughs> just have to answer them. We tell you, you're right though. Okay. Starting a franchise, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Starting a franchise.
2: Um, hmm. I'm going to take LeBron. I like the versatility. Of the positions that he can play, if I'm starting my franchise, I don't know the other positional players I'm going to get on the roster. He could be my point guard if, if things don't work out. I don't know if I can say the same about Michael Jordan.
0: You're wrong, but it was a trick question. Magic Johnson was the correct answer. I <laughs> thought we'd get a better answer there, but uh, okay. Last question: Instagram, kind of dumb, true or false?
2: No, I'm in on. I'm in on Instagram. I'm I'm pro Instagram. I won't. I won't have the Instagram slander.
1: Right, one more bonus that. question, John. Yes. You're doing a draft cast and you have one GM Spencer or Sia. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's Spencer. Like I'm, I'm going to answer that. It's Spencer. <laughs>
2: yeah. I feel like Sia's so has given me a lot of opinionated uh, remarks here where I'm second guessing myself as I'm answering all of these. <laughs> and I feel like I'm more comfortable in, in the owner's box uh, with Spencer by my side.
0: Mm. That's totally fair. Okay, now it's your fifth pick out of six. Who you got after MJ Duffy?
2: Um, I'm going to just commit bombers or bust here. We, we need an identity for the team. Um, I'm going to go Taylor Pendrith. I think he's had some good quotes this week, just saying he loves the fit. and makes sense. He's a bomber. I think he's top three, top five in driving distance. Uh, T16, I believe in his debut here has significantly improved since the last time he was at this course has a game for more difficult conditions, I think. Um, and you know, just may- maybe the the president's cup may, was a little bit of a, Hey, I'm here moment. Maybe he has a little bit more confidence. He's struggled to close out tournaments in the, the moments that he's kind of been in contention. Um, but in the fifth round, we don't need him to win this. So give me a top 20 from Taylor.
0: Yeah, I love Taylor Pendrith as a golfer. I wonder if he's there yet, but the upside is definitely there. And you're right. He's definitely comfortable here. And that makes a ton of sense. Spencer, your fifth pick after Martin Laird, who you got?
3: I'm going to go with Dean Burmister at 7,500. So when I combined off the tee and around the green metrics, he graded number one for me overall. So that equates from a third place ranking and strokes gain around the green And then when I looked at total driving, he placed 20th. We know the GIR numbers have been good. He's eighth in my model there. The one downside that you could argue, the weight of proximity is 104th. The one reason I'm going to go against that is I think everybody's going to miss greens. He has the short game to clean it up. And he is fifth when we look at proximity from over 200 yards. So it's kind of like one of those golfers to where his skill set for why he could find problems can easily get fixed. And then he also has the prerequisites in place of distance and, and around the green and, and long iron proximity. So I'm going to trust that. And like from an upside perspective at sub 5%, I I believe he can come inside the top 10 or 20 of this tournament. I, I ended up betting him top 40 at two to one, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't even do a little bit better than
0: that. All right. I like it. Joel, any comments there? I, I agree. I, I, uh, I like the pick. Um,
1: I think from a, from a sleeper perspective, I, I don't know if, he, if you really consider him a sleeper anymore, but um, I think he can be a guy that can get a lot of upside at the
0: seven k game. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Tout, any comments on Dean Burmester?
2: I've got him on my season long fantasy roster this week, so I am pulling for him.
0: All right. So I'm pulling for the audience to make a comeback after last week. And... We've got our picks in. This is we've been so, so good. Everybody in the audience, you guys have been awesome. This is like this is like the best part of the show, is this part of it when you guys start nominating and you guys like start cracking jokes? So be back next week. We're always going to be here Tuesday at nine o'clock, but bring your friends. Mark Green, I haven't seen you in a while. Jack Fisher, I haven't seen you in a while. What is up, Brent? But we've got the Kevins. We've got Kevin U. We've got Kevin Streelman. I, I certainly like the trajectory that Kevin U is on. So I fully endorse that pick. I guess I have questions about Kevin Streelman. Spencer, I have a feeling just based on some of the guys that you've drafted this week that Kevin Streelman might actually rate out okay in your model. How do you feel about him? He actually does. He's one of the better players in the
3: $6,000 section for me. So my model thought he should have been a mid $7,000 guy. He gets better when it comes to win equity in this tournament. And that doesn't mean he's going to win. It just means that I, I believe he can have more likely of a possibility to get a top 40 finish than a lot of these guys in this range. And we've kind of seen it historically for him at this course, like four of the last five times he's come inside the top 45 and the way to tee to green improves over my baseline projection for him. So um, there's very few $6,000 players that I want to go to. I think John probably hit on one of them. I would say Strillman would be the second and then, I'll just throw out a random name here because I'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to UNLV players. And I did this last week with Ryan Moore, kind of like Charlie Hoffman a little bit.
0: Mm. Yeah. I wish Charlie Hoffman was, was fully back. Uh, Any thoughts there uh, tout on Charlie Hoffman, somebody near your player pool before we get to Spencer's final pick. He
2: was someone who popped enough in in the stats I was pulling for to give me like a double take. And then I looked at the recent results and I, and I I I paused there, but there might be maybe this is the type of course where th- the things that you need to do kind of suit his game to get him back on track.
3: 0.85% hometown tournament. I don't know. I mean you're 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 grasping at straws here, hoping that something turns around that we haven't seen from him recently. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think there's enough of a reason to at least be optimistic. Well,
0: you don't have to take
3: Charlie Hoffman. Who is your last pick? I could, I could take Charlie Hoffman. though. it's, it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. I I might, (laughs) this is going even more gross than that. I'm going to take a guy that has not played since. Well, I I guess up until recently had not played until the FedEx. I'm going to take, uh, Jonathan Vegas, Mm -hmm. uh, at $7,000. And it's just one of those things. Find me a player with an elite skill set. I I know he obviously missed the cut last week when he played, but I think that this is a decent spot for him. Like I've always thought this is a good course. He has a fine enough short game. He has the distance prerequisites that I'm looking for. I don't know how much I necessarily love like wrapping this up with layered. I think Burmister is okay from a safety perspective, even though my model doesn't. And then Vegas is going to be extremely volatile. Um, but I don't really know how else to wrap this up when I've started Sung Xander, and Jason Day. Like there's only so many realistic options I can take at this point. Um, sure. You could make an argument that some players are safer than others, but like if you, if I throw out a random name, like Ricky Fowler, I like Ricky Fowler this week, maybe I'm in my own bubble there, but like, that's also super volatile. So it's like volatility, no matter where I go with these picks.
0: And I like what Zach Jeffers has to say here, that he had a bad Thursday but seemed to fire nicely on Friday and Saturday. For somebody who hadn't played competitively in so long, you would almost expect that exact trajectory. Yeah. And the fact that he finished the tournament way stronger than he started it and missed the cut actually speaks to the fact that maybe he's going to find his stride in this particular tournament. And certainly certainly a good course fit here, in my opinion. All right, PJ Tout, you got one pick left. Who's it going to be?
2: Okay, so I am... Between Matsuyama and Sahith here, I'm going to go Hideki. Um, solid course history here. has a uh, His best is a third place in 2019. I think he's made the cut here in like five or six consecutive years. Elite short game, we love that here. The Poa putting is actually probably one of the least bad surfaces that Hideki's been on long-term. Long At the Sony, I think he gained like five strokes approach, so I'm feeling a little bit better about his health. There's always some sort of concern with his neck or something, but no reports from the Japanese media about his health being in question this week. So I like that. Um, and Hideki just one of those guys who never seems to command the ownership that he probably deserves. Um, and maybe that's tied to the injury lingering history, but I think he's somebody that, again, because I went so chalky with the first three, I think even in an actual draft, if I have my pick of anybody remaining, I think he's a good differentiator um, for leverage too.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And just for the record, I'll, I, I don't have a lot of pre-tournament outrights because I'm going to live bet this tournament from an outright perspective more than most tournaments. But I do have a few that I'll put in the Wind Daily Discord. And one of them is Hideki. And it's just because the number Same was 40 year. to one. And I think I got the number late. Like, I think other people might've gotten better numbers. I got it at 40 to one. It's just like, Hideki, 40 to one, like, I, like, I'm just going to bet that that's just one of those things. So uh, speaking of the Wind Daily Discord, Stephen in here, he says Vegas was sharp in practice rounds this week. Johnny Vegas, that is, of course. And uh, we, we do have boots on the ground there. Steven, some of Steven's people that help us with uh, our, our pristine ownership article are on the ground there. And we have some insight that we have poured into the Wind Daily Sports Discord. So obviously check that out. But um, Spencer, any or, or Joel, Spencer, any, any thoughts first on uh, Hideki Matsuyama before we do Joel's last pick?
3: I like Hideki a lot. I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet, but I also have the 40 to one ticket. I got it later. I want to say it opened at like 50 to one and then immediately dropped to 40 to one. But mm-hmm. I still like that 40 to one price. And I, and I think from a DFS perspective, that's kind of the exact leverage that you're trying to find on a golfer to where we know at his best, he can win the golf tournament. And yeah, there's question marks about exactly where he is right now, but the approach game looks stellar in his last starts. And if we can just turn around some of the off the T I do think a quick surface is also conducive for success with him.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Joel, if you have any comments on Decky, go ahead, but it's also, you got the final pick of this week's PGA Draftcast for the farmers.
1: Yeah. I, I generally feel like a Deke is uh, undervalued, um, you know, especially for his upside, you know, he doesn't bring a ton of consistency, but he does have those territories pop. This seems like a good spot. I think, betting him right, playing him in DFS at low ownership all makes sense, especially at this price. So I like the Hideki pick. Um, but I will wrap up this draft cast with my final pick, and I'm going to go ahead and take Ben Taylor. Uh, ben Taylor, for me, you know, he seems to be a good course fit. He has the upside, right? I'm, I'm looking for a lot of upside plays here as my ROM pick where I want someone else who can get me in that top 10. And I think if Ben Taylor has a, a really good week, He certainly can do so. He has two top five finishes in his last five outings. Uh, He doesn't have a glaring weakness,
0: a little high ownership for someone at 7,100, but still under 10%. So I'm happy to go there. I played a lot of Ben Taylor last week and Ben Griffin, for that matter. Um, John, how do you feel about Ben Taylor this week? Or Ben Griffin?
2: I like Ben Taylor more than Ben Griffin this week. Um, ben Taylor really could have won the Sony. He had so many like lip outs, putts that just looked like they were on a good line. None of them fell. I feel like he two putted every green. He's got a good game. I'm excited to see more of him this year. I think he, I don't know if he's a rookie or if it's his first time playing a full season on the PGA tour, but he's, he's got a good game.
0: All right. I like it. And that's, that's a draft cast, but what do we have next Joel? For that's the
2: draft next. Don't forget, hit the like button.
1: You know, give us a follow. goes a long way. Uh, And let us know whose team you like the best. We're going to drop their lineups on Twitter. Give us your vote on who you think is going to win. We'll be tracking back to anoint and crown the winner again as usual. But we're not done yet. Before we wrap up tonight, we are going to give you our first-round leader bets. Uh, We'll start with you, Spence. Who are you looking at in the first-round leader market? So I have five players Jonathan Vegas on the
3: North at 70 to one Ricky Fowler on the South at 65 to one. All these are going to be split between the course that they're playing uh, Martin Laird on the South at 90 to one Dean Burmister on the South at 60 to one. And then Sung Im on the South at 22 to one.
1: I love it. I love it. How about you Tal? Tout- you got any first round leaders for us tonight?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I just loaded up on players who are playing the North in markets that put the full field. Um, so I took Wyndham Clark, Patrick Rogers, Will Gordon, Sebastian Munoz, of course, um, and Aaron Rye um, for my five first-round leaders.
0: Markets seem to love Wyndham Clark this week. I just want to point yeah. that out. It, and I, I was going to say, this is really cool. Cause we have a lot of overlap on these first round leaders. So it's not a collective, like 20 guys we're throwing out. There's so much overlap. You're going to hear like 10 names. This is really cool. Joel, <laughs> go ahead. My bad. I love
1: it. I love it. I'll be quick with mine on the, on the South course. Um, I like Justin Rose a lot in the first round leader. It's got great history here. Um, I like him coming out with a hot day. That's my number. That's my priority pick. Of the first round leader market, I also like in my long shot for the South Court Trey Mullenax at sixty to one, and then on the North Course, um, I'm riding with the squad here with Johnny Vegas. I think he's a great first round leader bet. You're getting him here at a great number at seventy-five to one. Ryan Palmer at thirty-five to one, and we'll go with you know I think it's just fun for the show, and it'll be a, a great ending for Jason Day to give us the first round
0: leader. On the north course at uh 10 All right. I guess it's my turn. Well, first of all, I fully endorse the Johnny Vegas play. I, I hadn't even I honestly didn't even look at him from a DFS or betting standpoint, but when you throw 70 to 75 to one, knowing uh how he, he played the, the final two days last week, um I'm I'm gonna be betting that. So I picked two guys on the south course and I picked four guys on the north course, and that was mostly because I thought the competition was a lot less steep on the North course. So it just made sense for me to have that split. I mean, you can kind of do what you want. Obviously, if you have that split, you can do all, all the bets on the North course. You can ignore my South course bets, whatever it is. South course, Cam Davis, Davis Thompson. Just taking flyers here. You can get different numbers on Davis Thompson. I saw 65 to one. I saw 50 to one. Cam Davis was 25 to one. It's kind of short considering the competition he's up against. It's, you know, it's not great. I do think he's a great course fit, though. I think he'll do well this week. North course. Where in my opinion, there's much lesser competition. I think that's uh, not really a dispute. I got Patrick Rogers at 28 to 1. Thomas Dietrich at 30 to 1. Will Gordon at 35 to 1. And the easy button play on the north course. The guy who's definitely 100% super lock to be your first round leader for the farmers on that very north course. Well, it's none other than Wyndham Clark at 35 to one. Wyndham Clark is your first round leader, 35 to one, book it, North course, easy money, all your savings, everything you got, you gotta put it on Wyndham Clark. The,
1: the thing you guys gotta realize is in this down economy, investing in the market is just losing money. Investing in first round leaders, multiple. So it's just such a smart event, mainly because of the times, right? Because of, it's just not smart to put it in the market. Put it on this bet, invest it, watch it come back in multiples.
2: First, well, on leader market, should. not
1: stock market. Exactly.
2: I think exactly. We should do and, a, and, a Wyndham Daily Squad ride where we just bet him the round leader all four days.
0: That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Wow. It wow. wow. was good. That was good. I say. That was. <laughs> Speaking of good, I have one last question for you, John. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no?
2: Absolutely not. Thank you. Under no circumstance.
0: Thank you. Okay, Joel, I have to kick this to you and Spencer. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No. No. Okay, see, there's so many people that are like a very strident yes. I don't get it. I'm not mixing my fruit with my pizza. It's just a terrible idea. I like pineapples
2: and I like pizza. Right. I, I don't think I want a pineapple around anything that's warm. I can't think of a scenario where I want to combine pineapple on any warm anything.
0: Another great take. See yeah. PGA Tau- Oh, <laughs> This is all about tout this week. That was fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait tomorrow. Can we recon? Okay. Can I ask you guys something? Um, this is really for, for you, John, more than anybody, but when Wyndham Clark cashes that first round ticket on the North course, can we reconvene and just have like a five minute, like celebration, the whole community, everybody in the comments right now, we can all just celebrate together. When Wyndham Clark, Hits your first round leader at the Farmers. Will you be available? Yeah.
2: Well, prime time, right? So it'll probably happen, you know, twenty-three hours from now or so.
0: Sounds right. Yeah, I'm in. Either way, I'm I'm blocking off my schedule. <laughs> We're gonna celebrate this together, the whole community. I can't wait. Well, there you have it. That's a wrap for tonight. Great draft, John. Thank
1: you so much for joining us. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I don't know why you'd watch our show and not know who PGA Town is. But go give him a follow as well on Twitter. Uh, It's a great follow. You get some great information, just like you get from all of us here. Good luck this
0: week. See, am I forgetting anything? Just one thing, actually. But actually two things. John, real quick, because you do have that video content, when does that come out and how how do people view that? When do they view it?
2: Yeah, thank you. That is a, a new addition, and this week was weird because it was a two-day week for all of us content people. Um, but that'll come out Tuesday afternoons every week. It's, I'm trying to keep it condensed because there's so many great creators in the space who who actually know how to do video content, and I'm just trying to figure it out myself. Um, so it's meant to be quick hits, but um, yes, that's on the Lions YouTube channel every Tuesday, and then you know where to find my articles, written work on the Lions.com
0: yeah the lines so you do like th- there's a lot of people that contribute to the lines that's a that's a pretty sophisticated website you guys cover all sports right
2: yes very busy with nfl they they have prop articles for everything you can imagine for the super bowl i'm going to be helping out um with the Gatorade shower color prop which is mm. my favorite prop i'm 3 years in a row i've hit it um there is a science to it so you'll have to look out for my video on that tease which will be coming out super bowl week probably on a tuesday
0: that's a serious thing, right? Like you're you're being serious?
2: Yeah, it was blue last year. Common misconception people just pick the team color color. Um but it's the Super Bowl. You want to pick the the flavor that you like the most. You're not just going to randomly pick a new flavor on the most important game of the year. So plenty of research goes into it. Um and you know, you can look out for that if you if you're bored with the golf picks, you know, Super Bowl. Ever heard of it?
0: yeah we'll close with that except for the fact that we got to close with Edward saying my marriage now depends on clark being the first round leader and ladies and gentlemen that is how you bet the first round leader thanks ed for showing everybody how you need to do this don't worry everything's going to be fine tomorrow don't worry about it quick return on this investment one other thing sports obviously sports sports